But um, but yeah, guys, Halo Infinite Shadow dropped this week. The multiplayer, that is. The beta, as they're calling it. And I have probably played around 20 hours of it so far. A lot of time playing Halo. Now, I know, Shock. Francis, you haven't played very much or I've at all. Um, I've done about... Um, I've installed the game. You've installed the game. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. That's about it. Um, not because I've been not wanting to play it. I've just... Sure. I haven't, sure. Had a, I haven't come around to it. But right. I will soon. Now, uh, Mitch, have you played it all? Yeah, I've played about an hour and a half-ish. Okay. Have you ever played any Halo before? Uh, it, it was more of a game that I would always go over to friend's house and play. I've never personally fully dove into a game and just been obsessed with it. I've always liked Halo. Right, uh, right. But I'm not, I'm not by any means a Halo expert, but I think it's fun as hell. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, what were your kind of impressions of it? Um, but fun as, fun as hell is a, you know, a very um, descriptive term. <laughs> yeah. um, now, Gordon, I know you and I played about three hours last night together. Yep. And we've had a couple conversations. So, yeah. you know, do you want to share your opinion of it to the world? Um, sure. I've played probably, I guess with last night, probably like seven hours or so, maybe. Um, yeah. I think the gameplay is great. Like I'm having fun with it. Um, I don't like. I think I don't see that many huge changes from like the Master Chief Collection. Um, like I, I, I mean, but I also haven't played Halo a ton um, in the past couple of years. But it didn't really seem like a giant step forward or anything um, from that. Uh, but. That being said, I do like the gameplay, and I'm having fun playing it. Um, I have some issues with some of the choices they made, like removing collision. I think that is, that's just baffling to me, like why a game designer would remove that and think it's a good idea. Well, um, isn't, you know, I know Call of Duty and Battlefield don't have any collision either. Yeah, but Melee isn't like an integral part of those games. That's, that's fair. That's a good um, point. And then I think the Battle Pass is a little wonky, um, at least the free version. Um, the paid version seems good, except that it just takes forever to level up. Um, but yeah. I imagine after I've surfed the Reddit board some lately, and the community is pretty up in arms about that, so I imagine the developers are taking a look at that. Um, yeah. I assume the collision too, because most everything I've seen on Reddit is universally against the no collision. collision change. Well, here's what I'll say um, to those two items: the you know the battle pass and like no collision. Um, they're um, you know the battle pass. I would agree it is probably a bit too grindy. Um, I think you know at least from what they had publicly said about not wanting you know, the grind in Halo Infinite to be a second job, and then it's, you know, as grindy, if not a little bit more grindy than some of the other free-to-play games. So it's kind of like, it seems like either they they were just kind of kidding about that, or, you know, they just need to bring it down. And with how quickly they responded to the initial criticism, because I do think it's a little bit better right now, 
Um, I, I think they'll probably be tweaking it and tuning the battle pass progression probably for the next you know, yeah. season or two. I just, I just don't like the free-to-play model. Like, I would rather just pay for the game and have everything. Like, I... Well... Because free-to-play free is... Like, you can say you want it to be accessible to everybody, but it's truly just a cash grab. Like, when it comes down to it, you make a free-to-play game because you can lock all customization and any, like, cool items behind a paywall. And you right, can say right. that... You, you can say you just want everyone to be able to play your game, but you know you can lock like a campaign behind a full priced game and then have your free to play multiplier with a bunch of stuff behind a cash wall. And right. I mean, Halo's not the only one right. to do it. Like plenty of people are doing it. I just hate, I hate it across the board. Well, I think my kind of opinion of them switching to free to play was, you know, typically their Halo game comes out and you have, about a year worth of updates from the developer and then they just kind of leave it alone and then the new game comes out a few years after that and so with the free-to-play model it means they're probably going to be giving us more significant updates for multiple years so that's where i'm kind of happy about it um but i agree like some of the monetization stuff can get a little um a little frustrating i think um but yeah so let's um yeah, let's move on because I know Francis and Mitch probably don't have too much to add to this conversation here. <laughs> um, but so, you know, Halo Infinite Shadow dropped um, right in the middle of, of. Looks like we lost Francis. No, he's back. Uh, Shadow dropped right in the middle of Battlefield and Call of Duty's releases. And, you know, my initial kind of impression of that was I was. I thought it was kind of odd. I know they dropped it on their 20th anniversary, which is, you know, a big deal. But, um, you know, I thought they kind of picked this December 8th date to kind of get away from Battlefield and Call of Duty. And, you know, so when I heard that they were dropping, I was a little nervous because I was like, you know, what about all the, you know, people are still playing COD, they're still playing Battlefield, are they going to come over to play Halo? And obviously that wasn't the case. They had, you know crap ton of people playing it this past week. I think they've sat around like 200,000 concurrent players on Steam alone, which I don't think Battlefield even came close to that number when it officially released. But, um, and I know Call of Duty sales have been pretty low. So did you guys think this was a pretty smart move to kind of shadow drop right in the middle of your two biggest competitors? Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's probably didn't have anything to do with the other games i'm they've probably been planning this for a year and it just happened it was probably planned before like battlefield pushed their date into november I'm sure. sure um so it just turned into that's how the cookie crumbled as they say yeah um that's and true. i mean it's i don't from a halo standpoint i don't think their their paid version is still coming out December 8th, which is like, I don't think you'd want to release something that people have to pay for at the same time as like another big game that you have to pay for is coming out. But releasing the free to play version, it's like you're not really competing with people's wallets um, right. between those two. So it's not really, there's not like a downside risk um, on Halo's side. Like maybe people aren't going to, maybe people that would normally buy the battle pass or would normally 
pay for like a skin if they just bought battlefield maybe they're going to hold off and wait to buy the skin for a month but it's not like they're holding off on buying the actual right. game right so i mean i don't really have i don't think it really is going to do anything in the long run you know i think battlefield and halo and call of duty i think they all have sort of their own player bases you know yeah um, I mean, for the fair. most part there's i mean there's definitely the more casual people that um probably because battlefield was such a shit show um at the drop i'm sure there's a more casual people that uh were happy that halo came out that they could jump on and play that instead but um you still have like the hardcore sweaty people that even if battlefield's drop is shitty they're still going to play battlefield and mm -hmm. people that love halo are going to play halo and right. whatnot you know francis your thoughts if you have any yeah, I, I think it was a, it was planned. I think it's coincidental. Sure. So most of what Gordon was saying. I mean, that's a, that's a big shift. I don't know what it takes to shadow drop anything, but it would have to be pretty uh, well planned out, even to do that. Yeah, you could decide like in a yeah, month. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, we're gonna drop it a month early. Right. Oh. And then like like segregation between. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was my um, fiance Faven. But the separation of the single player, which will cost money to to play for, play with, play. Um, yeah, it just makes sense to have that separation. But no other real thoughts. I mean, I agree. People are going to play their games no matter what. I think that you have the a small fraction of folks that probably just play everything uh, right. equally, casually. Um, this is the season to drop games. I mean, November is always the, the big time. It's always flooded with releases non-pandemic November, like the first November of a pandemic, as we saw last year. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Mitch, I know you're a big Call of Duty fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to have any idea to know if Halo dropped intentionally when they did. Kind of like it if they they weren't afraid of the competition. That's obviously awesome. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of I guess uh, like when there's two big rap albums coming out and they drop on the same day. They compete in sales, but also it sort of helps push sales for each when they do that. Oh, it kind of reminds me of that. But and they make up their uh, own yeah, little beef between each other for a couple weeks. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I I love Call of Duty, uh, but. When I read the reviews, that's when I started to realize some of the flaws in it. I didn't really realize until I dove into the reviews, and I was like, oh, shit, they're right. Um, <laughs> I still love Call of Duty. I think it's maybe, I guess, a little bit too... They didn't really take any risks in this one, and I guess that's sort of the issue. Uh, I was just kind of like, this is like old school, smooth, easy to play. That's what I liked about it. Right. Um, but as far as Halo goes, I'm... For the first time, like I said earlier, I, it's not really something I've fully dove into. I'm really excited to see like what the full game offers. So we will see. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think you guys are all right. They probably didn't exactly plan to shadow drop it, but I do think that because it did shadow drop when it did, I think it's going to end up helping Battlefield a little bit. Um, they kind of like took control of the the news stories for the whole week and. Instead of it being about, you know, how Battlefield's a bit buggy and, 
you know, there's there's some issues on PC and with its performance. So I feel like it kind of gives Battlefield a few extra months to kind of get their stuff updated and kind of, you know, maybe have like a big update, like a kind of like a second launch type thing, and maybe it goes on the Game Pass or something. Um, but I do think, um, yeah, I do I do think I agree with I think it was Mitch saying that you know they they weren't scared of their competitors at all by launching it right when they did because I mean Call of Duty launches every year in the middle of November so. But yeah, so, um, you know, with the campaign coming out December 8th, the uh, previews for a lot of different people and out different outlets came out this week. They played like the first four hours of the game and all the reviews were very, very glowing, very good, very positive, which is, you know, exciting, especially for me because I was nervous with 343's track record of their campaigns. It's either really good or, you know, kind of dog shit. And... Um, and so I'm happy to see they're positive, but also the campaign's going in a different direction. It's more of an open world campaign. And I saw some, some outlets kind of say it's it's Halo's Breath of the Wild moment where they're kind of, you know, you know, taking the chains off Master Chief, letting him kind of go wherever he wants, a little bit more of an open world. And, you know, there's a bunch of games that have been doing that lately. Um, you know, in upcoming games we see like Elden Ring um, kind of taking that Dark, Dark Souls formula you know, making it more open world. Pokemon's doing it with um, the game that comes out in January. And so I thought we'd go around and each kind of pick a game franchise that we'd like to see kind of have their Breath of the Wild moment where they just kind of go from the formula that they have to more of an open world, more, you know, exploration-based type game. Um, and Gordon, you can go first. Um, I mean, my game franchise is already doing it. I was going to say the Souls series. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of because they they've always been known for making like these beautiful uh, environments, but it's always been like held. You're in a castle, but you have to go down this corridor. You can only go through this door. Like you, all these beautiful um, like towers and arches and mountains uh, along the like the skyline and um, outside of the playable area, but you've never been able to venture over. So I think it's. I think it's cool that they're going that route and making a more open world version that sort of, sort of like if you can see it, you can go there type, um, right, right, type atmosphere. And then, I mean, with George R. R. Might, George R. R. Martin writing the lore for the game, I think that's just going to add to sort of the feeling, feeling of the world and give it um, a little, a little deeper of that fantasy. You know, to jump uh, in real quick. Feel. Do you think? Um... The game was delayed because of George R. R. Martin taking his time writing up stuff. Maybe, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's Is, taking him how how many years to write Game of Thrones? Does anyone care that he's not going to finish Game of Thrones? I don't think anyone cares. Anymore. I don't think they yeah, care I think anymore. That's, I think the ship sailed. I don't care, but I'm just very annoyed at him. Very annoyed. Yeah. You think, you think maybe he's free from from the the, the shackles of no when the when it was received well by people and when HBO didn't destroy it. I think he's talked about how he planned to have the books finished and not have the show catch up to him. And I think by him not doing that, it hurt the show. And then that in oh, turn yeah. has hurt the franchise because, you know, I know they have this spin-off show coming out what, next year? And I'm, you know, I'm not really excited to watch that. I'm kind of 
just I think still a bit bitter and salty about the ending of Game of Thrones and he's already made the comment that he's changing his ending because it was probably somewhat similar to the ending that we saw <laughs> so yeah I just I just don't care I have like a bad taste on my mouth in my mouth from that last like the last two seasons of Game of Thrones so yeah. I mean I'll watch the new series when it comes out and hopefully it's good but I'm not really amped yeah. up about it as of now we but we haven't seen that much to get amped up about anyway sure. so well what what troubled me the most is when they had that like the Night King series planned and had Naomi Watts in it and mm-hmm. sounded really promising and they just scrapped it. Yeah, probably been like, too big. The of one thing that we would like to know more about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Stripped away from. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> let's try to steer this ship back towards um, the original question. <laughs> as much as nice I job, love to talk shit about Game of Thrones. Um, nice job. Francis, one game franchise you'd like to see be a little bit more of more. And I know Red Dead is kind of your go-to favorite franchise, um, and that's, that's kind Dead of like per- perfected, more? you know, that open world. Could Red Dead be any more open world? No, probably not. I mean, they could have had a larger um, island that um, Tahiti. Island. Where did they? What, what island did they wash up on? Is it Guam? Guam. Guam. Do you think they could have made that island bigger? I think they small. could have made it easier to like. You can't access it like after the game. You can't go back to it unless you replay those missions. That's interesting. Because if you if you try to take a boat south east, you just end up the boat just ends up crashing and you drown. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the question. The question is, what game would I like to see open world? Uh, I I don't know. I think Halo. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I really like Halo for pretty much everything else other than multiplayer. Sure. Is, uh, now, excluding like co-op, co-op and multiplayer, I, I see as two different. Right. right. Um, if you can co-op online in a more open-world Halo, like that would that would be great. Well, yeah, you know, I've I've said multiple times. I think the most fun I've ever had in a video game is when you and your buddy jumps into a warthog together and you just go driving and accidentally flip over and go off a cliff and die. Um, I think that's kind of just that chaotic nature of what Halo can bring is kind of my ideal, like, gaming situation. But go ahead. No, or that's, that's yeah, that's pretty much that's my thought. That's, that's right. the position I'm taking. Mitch, do you have a, a game franchise out there that um, you'd love to see kind of come up from world? Yeah, well, after actually, after... After this, I'm probably going to go uh, get the new Pokemon, and I think I'm going to get Metroid too. So yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always enjoyed the Pokemon games. So hopefully, this, this one opens it up way more. Um, I know it already is pretty open world, but I'd love to see them kind of maybe see if they can uh, have a new formula, something more open. Um, I don't know. I'm, but I'm trading in. Uh, Pokemon Snap because I loved that game when I was a kid and I was excited when it came out and then I played it for about ten minutes and I was like, this game is for six year olds. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but no, I'm I'm really excited for the new Pokemon game. Um, I think yeah. I, I am cautious of it as well because you know their the last Pokemon game was a little bit you know I played it a lot but I was kind of disappointed in some of the elements. And they're kind of taking yeah. the game in a slightly different direction. You know, there's no more 
gyms and there's you know, a lot more exploration base and you're gonna get like side quests and stuff and so I'm a little cautious that they would be able to pull this off but um, but the idea that I can just kind of go in any direction when I when I you know start out and kind of catch Pokemon in whatever order and I'm not forced to kind of go straight and then right and then left and then straight um, because I know like the previous game they had a couple of their locations be a little bit more open world uh, but I don't think I really fully enjoyed the open world of it until the last DLC area they added where they actually were giving you side quests go you know go out there and kind of you know explore this area because something weird's happening and and there's a you know there and it felt more lived in and that was something I really really liked but um, for me yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah but for me I think of a game franchise, I like to kind of see take that Breath of the Wild moment. You know, you know, Halo and Pokemon were probably my top two, and they're both they're both doing it. Um, so I think you know this might be a kind of a weird one, um, and I might live. I might get a little not flack for it, but you know I'd love to see you know the Mario franchise, the two D Mario franchise, do a Metrovania style game um kind of open up in that direction so i know like you know most of the mario 2d mario games are very 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 linear and it's very level based you play this level go to the next go to the next but i'd love to see it you know kind of take the shackles off and allow you just to have a big you know 2d map to explore and as you go around you collect you know they're different the different power-ups you can quickly swap between them to explore more areas i feel like that would be It'd be a risk that Nintendo would have to make, and they wouldn't make it. But I think that'd be a pretty fun game. What, so uh, he would go home and see his Italian mother, and they'd have pasta. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he, like he and Luigi would like actually go to work plum- as plumbers, mm-hmm. <laughs> earn earn extra game like extra credits to buy some. Just be a life simulator. Yeah, that'd be fun. I do like have his, an additional. His, ex- his ex-wife gives gives him a hard time all the time, and. <laughs> He's got an illegitimate he's not, child. Yeah, he's not paying his child support. Yeah, just like real hard times, Mario. Like, like the real life Mario is more difficult than anything he can ever experience inside of right. the world. But no, I think like because you've played Ori, Francis, right? I have. I played that one of my game. favorite games in the last ten years. Yes, yeah, so I was in my mind. I was thinking kind of a similar formula to that, but with Mario in the Nintendo world. Cause, I mean that that world that Nintendo created for Mario and Peach and Luigi and all of them, it's it's really like like almost perfect. Like, I don't think there's any any other game world that's more perfect than that. Maybe Pokemon, but um, and that's also just my opinion. Um, but Gordon, you mentioned that you had another. I think I you were saying another, one. another um, one. I think I would like to see uh, Starcraft that universe in an open world setting sort of maybe like a far cry type thing mm. you know like first person or third person like playing as a hero or something like that and whether you're facing the the zerg or the protoss as like the enemy on if it's like a planet setting right like giving you get being like sort of the far cry system where you capture the like outpost or destroy the outpost like destroying like a zerg outpost or a zerg base or something like that being able to call in like additional marines or call in 
like a tank or air support for different situations. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. I know they, I know they, a long time ago, they had like, they had plans for, I think a first person shooter in the Starcraft universe, but that got scrapped probably because it was, wasn't a, a safe, easy, um, it wasn't Diablo or Overwatch. Yeah, it wasn't safe enough for the developer, so yeah. they didn't want to take any risks. Um, yeah. But I like that universe, and I think it would be fun to play in an open world. Yeah, I think I agree. One thing I want to say is I, I hope Diablo 4 is as open world as they indicate. Yeah. That's a game that's fairly linear. Yeah. Like, the, the only open world aspects are really, like, the dungeons that you yeah. Other than that, it's it's pretty. You know, it's very it's choppy because you're you're just kind of teleporting and way mapping, all yeah. over the place. You're not really truly. I mean, you can go run around, but it's not. It, right. It's not like an explorative. Kind of yeah, you can't really kill a ton of time like in the like open fields as like a true open world type game like Red Dead. Right. You can't go you can fishing run around for and kill six some hours. Stuff. But also, I don't think fishing would fit in in Diablo. Probably not. It'd be funny. What, do you, what would you guys do if they did add fishing to Diablo? That's got to eat. I mean, let's face facts. <laughs> I mean, they're adding fishing um, to, uh, or they added fishing to Skyrim, which is baller. hilarious to me. I, it's still amazing to me because the, what, the 10th anniversary edition just came out, and they added fishing, they added the survival mode, and, and a bunch of other stuff that some of the, the real popular modders and creators have made for the game that they officially added into the game, which is pretty cool. But it's it's amazing to me how, you know, that game, you know, just like Red Dead and some of the GTAs, you know, they've 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 like perfected that open world formula, and those games just survive for years. Um, I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, I mean, in in true open world games, you can have side activities like that, and people will like World of Warcraft, like fishing and herbalism and jewel crafting and right. all this stuff like people will spend like their entire time in world of warcraft fishing and leveling like, up fishing to be right. able to get these different rewards so and gta has always employed the uh world's oldest profession uh, prostitution mm-hmm. yep uh, i don't know why more games don't do it to be honest <laughs> yeah plenty of I mean, connoisseurs out there that would love to use yeah. what god gave you yeah, and that's what my only complaint about Pokemon. There's no genitalia. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I let's. Um, speaking of genitalia, let's talk about James Bond. Uh, yeah. Mm. So there's been a lot of talk recently. I've seen multiple actors mention they'd love to be the next James Bond. Um, some being serious, some being funny. Um, I think the biggest name we've seen is The Rock mentioned that he would love to be James Bond. And so, yeah, I know we kind of all have our own opinions about that. <laughs> but um, let's go around and I want to know uh, which actor or actress would you guys like to see be the next James Bond? And Francis, you can go first. Did I put you on the spot uh, too quickly? May I, may I go next? Sure. Last. Does anybody have yeah. one they'd like to go real quick because they already have one? I got I mean, one. I've always, yeah. Mish, go ahead. Um, I think Idris Elba would have been perfect, but I just think if you're going to start James Bond, he's got to be a little bit younger than how old Idris Elba is right now. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with my man Charlie Hunnam. I think he would be perfect. 
I don't think I know who that is. He's from. You, uh, I guarantee you'll know him if you Google him. Sons of Anarchy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Okay. And he's British too. Yeah, you do have um, to be British. So, yeah. so that's one rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got that kind of like calm, badass thing, and he's done he's done a lot of action lately. Uh, like he did that King Arthur movie, obviously Sons of Anarchy. Balancing Green Street Hooligans, that was a classic. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my vote. I think I think he'd be perfect. Gordo, who do you got? Um, I mean, I my choice has always been Idris Elba, but I know he's come out and says that he's will not be the next James Bond, and that I know there's talks of him, um, possibly being a villain, but. I know he's come out and said that he will not be the next Bond, so I guess that sort of puts him out of the discussion unless he changes his mind. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I've heard I've heard Tom Hardy's name thrown around a lot. I don't know how I feel about that right now. Um, I think he could be good, but um, I don't know. I feel like he always plays like a more like down and dirty like. Uh, not like the polished type um, gentleman that we that James Bond has usually been right. known to be. Um, but that's, I mean, that's not saying he couldn't play that character. I feel I'm just not used to seeing him in that. Like you see him in Venom as like a rundown reporter, or you see him in uh, Warrior as right. like yeah, um, Warrior as like a rundown fighter. Like he's never he's never playing that that high class. Uh, like spy type character, right? So I don't know. Yeah, he was kind of like a he was kind of like a suave guy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, I, my James Bond just needs to be like a strong, you know, stoic, supportive, you know, role. Like he's a good actor, but he doesn't have to be a big personality. Your personalities come from like the cast, the villain, the director, like what the sort of the movie's about. So like a like a Michael Fassbender comes to mind. Um, he, I think he'd be like just kind of no frills, but would just do a solid job. And if there's emotional or sort of over the top things happening, he could he can pull it off. I think he's the best, but he's just kind of not really typecast as any sort of one character. Right. He's not really any, any. He's not really from like any one thing, you know. Where a lot of these people are kind of, they've done that one big thing, and that's kind of what they're seen as. Right, right. The Rock is. I would never watch it. I would tell you no. if they if they selected Dwayne the Rock Johnson. As much as I love him, I, it would destroy the franchise. Yeah. How would that even work? Honestly, I'm a huge Rock fan, but I don't even see how that would work. That makes no sense. sense. I have no idea. You wouldn't be able to take it seriously. Yeah, he'd have to. Yeah, he wouldn't drink a martini either. He, you know, he drinks. It's not realistic drink. for. It's not realistic for a person yeah. that big to be in that job. No, no. Yeah, you got to be kind of like your, not your everyday right. man, but you you are working for the British government. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like. So. He'd be a good. Yeah, he'd be a good like. You know, kind of off the wall, like supporting character that, that they go meet, like that can help, that has an intelligence or some sort of yeah. op that they're running. Or, yeah, I, mean, I don't even think he'd be a good villain, to be honest. 
Yeah. No. Oh, I don't think he fits in the environment I, at all. Henry Cavill could be a good Bond. That was what I was yeah. going to say. I feel like Henry Cavill is the absolute perfect choice, but they they won't pick him because he's too perfect. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? There, Tom. I do have a bit of a man crush on him. Yes. But what um, about what about Cillian Murphy? Cillian Murphy. He seems just too small to me. Yeah, well, Tom, lead, Tom Cruise, lead actor in Peaky Blinders, that guy. Yeah, Tom Cruise is, yeah, is yeah. four foot eight. Yeah, but everyone. Yeah. Has, but he he walks around with like twelve inch heels all the time. And he does his own I think Luke Evans could be good. Yeah. Is that the guy from Yellowstone? No. Um, Everyone, Google, yeah. Google, who's Luke Evans? You have to look him up. I'm trying to think. He's like in the Dracula. He was in Beauty and the Beast. Um, oh, yeah. He might be. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he'd be good. I wouldn't mind if like Daniel Kaluuya got it um, or like Dev Patel. Um, what if we got a uh, prequel to Daniel Craig's James Bond and they just used uh, Disney's de-aging tech? What do you guys think about that? No. I would rather watch The Rock be James Bond. <laughs> I think they're going to go, like, I think with the, the world win right now, they're not going to go with a straight white man. No. I, I yeah. see, like, whether, um, uh, like, it's a personal color or uh, gay or something. I just, I mean, I just don't, I think the straight white man, people are... You know the old thing they're tired of seeing this straight white man with all these roles and they want to see i know um, there's someone been... else that represents the world she has ever see um shoot there was a show on netflix rachel watched it um oh damn it i'll have to google there was a lot of like sex in it um it was extremely popular when it came out um shoot. love life no it took place like in uh I want to say like in the early 1900s. Oh no, I don't want him. You know what I'm because talking of about? the show. Because of that show, I know exactly what you're talking about. I feel like he would probably be. I've seen people like saying he'd be like the perfect choice, but I think it's also people who are in love with that show. Um, who are you talking about, Tom? It's the British show that was silly and over the top and overly sexual. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that guy could make. Uh, right. Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Yeah, there we go. Richardson, yeah. tip of all our tongues. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I feel like he's like the type of actor that's that's kind of fits the mold. He's a little bit younger, um, you know. And, oh yeah, he's ranked as the number one choice right now in an article I'd seen. Yeah, so wow. he kind of fits the mold real well, and he'd have to shake off that Bridgerton view of him, but um, I feel like he would probably be pretty good because he, he's also you know he kind of. I mean, if you put him in a suit and tie, you could put, instead he's James Bond. I could be like, yeah, I could see it. Like he looks like a James Bond character. Yeah, I think they should just make it animated. <laughs> That's okay. Idea. Okay. Okay. Last animated Bond series. Last question for you guys. Thanksgiving is this upcoming this week. It's a very important question. You know, we, we all deal with this issue whenever we go to friends' houses for Friendsgiving or extended families and whatnot. But so, um, you know, what is the number one side for Thanksgiving dinner? 
Um, may we also say what our least favorite side is? Yes, let's also do that. Yeah. At least not our favorite and least favorite side. Mitch, you can go first. Oh man, um, on the spot. I love I love mashed potatoes and gravy. I like cranberry sauce. The one that everyone loves that I just never eat is stuffing. I'm a stuffing guy. Yep. Uh, one thing I can't stand at all, and I question its existence on the dinner table, uh, are peas. <laughs> Disgusting. The, the, the best they could be are just okay. Like, <laughs> they're peas. Right? Like the candied corn of Thanksgiving. Um, but... Pretty much everything else. I mean, like, are we talking side dishes here? Uh, you know, yeah, I stick with side dishes. I, I grew up not liking stuffing because I was a very particular eater and a real pain in the ass to my parents. Yeah. Um, but over the last several years, it's just been one of those things that I I love, particularly if it's if it's cornbread stuffing. Oh. Mm. Gordon. Um, you know, I think I'd have to go with just your normal run-of-the-mill stuffing as my least favorite um i feel like it's hard for it to uh, a lot of people don't put the care and effort into it to make an actual good stuffing and a lot of times it comes out just like mushy or like too hard like there's a there's a right um there's a right way to make it and i just feel like it's not made that well and most times i've had it so i usually steer away from that and if i have room on my plate i'll get a little bit to try it but it's not usually what i'm looking forward to um and my favorite i think i would just go with the mashed potatoes and gravy although i don't i don't really love any of the sides by themselves i'm i i'm the kind of guy that likes to take my fork and get some gravy and mashed potatoes on it, then get a little cranberry sauce on it and then get a little bit of Turkey. And I, I love the combo by, you know, the sweet and salty. So, yeah. Um, I like them all, all mixed together is my preferred way of eating it. I think it's the only way to eat your Thanksgiving dinner is just pile it all together. Yeah. Um, um, listen, the one thing that's, that's slept on and the microphone is in, is in, is in camera here. I see that. You got to have a good cranberry sauce. Do not yeah. sleep on a good cranberry sauce. So yeah. maybe I should uh, maybe I should skip my least favorite dish. Cranberry. Uh, uh, cranberry. Uh, let me um, let me swap it up and just say um, any of the white trash like dish that's always like some random like sweet potato fries with whipped cream on top dish that you get at like oh it's a family recipe but you know it's store marshmallow yeah marshmallow whatever it is um <laughs> that stuff just get it out of here you know that is terrible anything it's that's a- like it's like that random ass thing but it's all 100 percent store bought and just kind of like it's right? it's, it's i just don't yeah. like it that's off the list it's almost like if you organize any sort of dinner you just have to go ahead and say what you don't want brought to help narrow people's uh, <laughs> options, right? Yeah. Uh, no need, no need for, for for marshmallow yams, everyone, and peas. The We've got enough. Part, <laughs> the best part is next day, leftover <clears throat> turkey sandwiches. Oh, yeah. an open face yeah. turkey sandwich. Because yeah, I don't know if you guys well, do this, but I'll do is I'll you know the bread, turkey, 
you know, and another slice of bread. Maybe I'll throw some vegetables on there, like some peas and corn. I have a friend doesn't like peas, but now just put the What's gravy on top of it. Now just oh, like yeah. eat it with a fork. Oh, so good. Oh, hey, I, I, that, that's where the cranberry sauce comes into play. It makes one hell of a turkey. So you put throw a little bit of uh, mashed potatoes, mm, cranberry, a oh. little stuffing. See, yeah, little, I, you know, that's a little toasted bun. I do the next day bowl. I don't usually go for the sandwich just because it ends up getting too messy. The, and the I bowl can't testicles? It, so. Is that what you need to go for? No, the bowl. I get a bowl <laughs> and like put a put a nice base of mashed potatoes, and then I you know okay. layer your vegetables, your turkey onto it, cover it with some gravy, and then a couple dollops, and then you microwave it, get it nice and hot, and then you put a couple dollops of that cranberry mm. sauce on top. Mm. That sounds good too. Man, I'm yeah, shoot, I'm hungry. I'm excited. We should do uh, four gamers, four sandwiches next week. Mm -hmm. We'll like stream us eating our leftover turkey sandwiches or turkey bowls. Like an ASMR yeah. video of just us eating our sandwiches. Uh, yeah. I have the microphone like right there. Yeah. You know, every little. There's no worse sound than someone eating. <laughs> I love that sound. I can't stand it. I want to like. I want to like hit them. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this was a fun podcast. Um, Thanks for joining. Hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner with Thanks a bunch you. of their favorite dishes and hopefully none of that white trash family recipe that's just garbage. Um, unless it's your family recipe, then I hope you enjoy it. So, mm -hmm. all right. Uh, make sure you uh, finger bang, finger that, bang uh, subscribe button. that like button. Yeah. Subscribe, you know, and come back next week when we're all 15 pounds heavier. So, turkey, turkey, right. turkey. Peace. Bye. Gobble, gobble.